I'm excited to share about relationships this morning to kind of, we're wrapping up uh, relationships. The, the whole month of January has been about relationships. Uh, we talked about servant relationships. Scott preached about covenant relationships uh, last week, just talking about how Jesus is building a church and we are the stones, right? Each one of us. He's building it with us. And before that, we talked about servant relationships and how uh, the best kind of relationships are the ones that serve. And so I'm just going to kind of uh, summarize everything up a little bit today. But first, I want us to look in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 12 through 22 is where we're going to be at today, okay? So if you got your Bible handy, you can flip there. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. So if yours reads a little bit different, it's a-okay. It's all scripture. So let's pray. We'll dive in and start with reading, okay? God, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for being you. God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to come together in a place dedicated, dedicating this time now to worship you, God, as family. God, Sunday morning is a family reunion, and I'm glad that I get to worship you with my brothers and sisters. God, that we get to lift you up, put you in your, put you in your rightful place. So God, help us this morning, just like that song was saying, God, to love you. God, I pray that every day we love you a little bit more than the day before, and that we live it out. Because God, worship doesn't just stay in this building, but worship is a lifestyle where we go out and love on others and worship you all along the way. So God, we thank you this morning. We pray that as we read your word, God, that the Holy Spirit will just come in and just make that light bulb go off in our head. God, we thank you for everything that you do. I thank you for uh, what you're already accomplishing this morning. We lift you up this morning, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Let's dive into Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 22. All right? It says, When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah, and the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Okay, so kind of where we're going this morning, okay? I want to look at how Jesus served these four. I got to move slower. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> um. I want to look at why he chose them. Because that is the one question that God has kept bringing to my mind is, why do we have the relationships that we have? 
We know that relationships can be important. We know that God has people placed in our lives for a reason. But why do we have the relationships that we have? The main question that Jesus put on my, that, that God placed on my heart this week is why? Why did Jesus choose the people that he did? I think it's safe to say that he knew, obviously he knew what was going to uh, come of them and how they were going to live their lives and go out into the world and preach the gospel. But don't you think that there was also a ton of other people that could have done the same thing? I think so. I, I do think so. But there was a reason that Jesus chose who he did. And I think that there's a reason, too, that God placed the people in your lives that he has. And there's a reason that he's placed in your heart people that you need to go and talk to throughout the week. Right? Because one of the other things that I really sat down, and this is just how I think, but I always have to define things whenever I talk about them. I feel like that's how I can communicate better. Right? So I had to define what is a relationship, first of all. I mean, it seems easy enough, right? Like, we all can kind of explain what a relationship is, but what, what is the definition of a relationship? So I looked it up on good old Webster, and he said that it is just a bond that forms over a commonality, right? So it's something where you have something that brings two people together, or more than two people. Whenever we share something in common with people, we build a relationship with them. So, what did Jesus have in relationship with the disciples? Y'all know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Yeah, Jesus was, he was building a fishing crew. All right? So, that's kind of what I want us to dive into, is why Jesus chose the people that he did. What are relationships and what do they look like? And how does he uh, want us to go about forming uh, new relationships in our lives and even strengthening the ones that he's already given us, all right? So the first thing I want us to look at is that relationships require identity. All right, so whenever you read 12 through 17, Jesus knew exactly who he was, right? Can we read it again? Are y'all okay with that? Let's, let's read 12 through 17 again real quick. It says, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God had said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles lived, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew that he was the savior of the world. He knew that his ministry had begun and he was about to flip the world on its head to fulfill the promise that God gave. Jesus knew who he was. So one thing I thought was really cool about this passage is right here, he's talking about him fulfilling the prophecy that was foretold in Isaiah, right? About people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. That was Jesus. He knew he was that great light. 
He knew who he was. And he knew, for that reason, who he had to reach. So let me ask you, if Jesus knows who he is, and you have to know who you are to build relationships, who's telling you who you are? Jesus. And I would say, absolutely. But make sure you go through every part of your life and make sure that's what's actually happening. Because it's easy to say that Jesus is telling us who we are, but all too often, we get told by the news, we get told by our family, we get told... If you're in the military, by the military, the world tells us, tries to tell us who we are, but we have to fight that every day, right? It's not something that's a one and done. It's something that you have to go back to every day and say, Jesus, you saved me, you bought me, I am yours. I am yours. And that's the first thing we have to start out with, is we have to know that, first and foremost, that we are Christ's, Right? We have to put our full identity in him. Everything else can fall to the side. Every other identity that you have takes second place. Jesus is your number one priority. He is your number one identity, right? So keep that in mind. Jesus knows who he is. Who are you? And who's telling you who you are? The second thing, relationships require intentionality. Ooh. That one's big. Relationships require intentionality. So let's look at verses 18 through 22 real quick. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So let me ask you, do you think Jesus was just out taking a random stroll along the sea? I don't think so either. I think Jesus was very purposeful. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly who he was going to talk to. He knew exactly where uh, Simon and Andrew were going to be. Because whenever I walk along the beach and I see a boat out there, I don't yell at them like, hey, how's it going? I'm not trying to start a conversation, but guess what? Jesus did. He went purposefully. He went with the intention to talk to Simon and Andrew, to Peter and Andrew. It's the same person, (laughs) but you get my point. He went with a purpose. So how are we being intentional in in the ways and with the people that God has placed in our lives? How are we doing? How are we doing? Because it is all too easy to just let life kind of fly right by you. It's all too easy to say, man, I'm busy. I, I don't have time to take this phone call right now. <laughs> or it's really easy to say, I don't even have time to make the phone call. Right? It's really easy to say, 
I'll do it next week. God, I know that you've kind of put it on my heart to talk to this person, but I'll do it later. I don't have time right now. I got to make it to church. <laughs> I don't have time to talk to them. I got I to gotta be there on time. I'm not going to lie. Punctuality is very important. I learned that last year. But, but, <laughs> it's an all too real thing for me. <laughs> uh, you ever, you know, whenever you're getting eyes at you, you can feel like eyes looking at you. You try and look away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's all too easy to push the phone calls and the conversation that you need to make, that God is laying on your heart. It's easy to push them to the side and say, I'll do it later. It's easy to push away the conversation that you know you need to have with a friend because they're either A, in trouble, or B, they're doing something that they don't need to be doing. It's all too easy to push that to the side and say, it'd just be easier to... You know, just not worry about it. But is that being intentional in the way that Jesus was intentional? Jesus asked the right questions to always kind of push back ever so slightly to make people think. And I'm not saying that we have to be, you know, psychological wizards and knowing how people are going to think. But if God lays it on your heart, sometimes you just have to say it. Right? God knows how that other person's thinking. God knows exactly how that other person is going to react. We just have to be intentional about when we say it and knowing that God has told us to say it. We have to be intentional with our relationships in talking to people. We have to be intentional in our relationships to build new ones. As Christians, that is important because we get, to, we get the opportunity to go out and share the good news of the gospel with people. And sometimes... Jesus says, well, he doesn't say sometimes, he says all the times, we're supposed to be going out into the world around us and sharing the good news with people. If we stay in our little bubble, that doesn't happen, does it? We have to get out. We have to be intentional about meeting with people. We have to be intentional about telling them about the good news. That's exactly what Jesus did, right? He said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Something even better. You'll never catch as many fish as you're going to catch people. Right? Okay. Third thing. So the first thing, relationships require identity. The second thing, relationships require intentionality. Third thing, relationships recognize deficiencies. And I'm going to go ahead and tag on the fourth thing. Relationships recognize potential. Okay? So number three and number four are blah. Relationships recognize deficiencies and relationships recognize potential. So, why do you think Jesus chose them? Going back to our first answer is because he knew that they were going to change the world. He knew that they had the personalities that they were going to go and share the good news with everyone because it had changed them inside. He knew that they were going to be the ones whenever people talked about them what they said was that these disciples flipped the world on its head, turned the world upside down. He knew that they had that potential. 
He also recognized their deficiencies, though. He knew that Peter was a hothead. <laughs> he did. He knew whenever he called Peter that, he, that Peter was going to be the one that denied him three times. He knew that Peter was going to be the one that um, got out of the boat whenever he saw Jesus walking on the water. He knew that he was going to walk with him. And then that Peter was going to look away and start sinking. Jesus knew all these things about these four people that he called. He knew everything about them. He didn't have to wonder. He didn't have to question. He knew it already. He recognized their deficiencies, but he focused on their potential. He knew where they would fail, but he said, look, this is where you're going to succeed. He told them that they were going to go out and change the world as long as they preached the gospel. We have that same challenge on us. Like, Jesus knows who we are. Jesus knows who every single one of you are. He knows how many hairs you have on your head or how many are starting to fall out. It's happening. <laughs> I've already told Kelsey, I've already warned her that whenever it starts going, it's all gone. I'm just going to be bearded, bald, and beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bobby knows. <laughs> anyway, Jesus recognizes Jesus recognized their deficiencies, but he also recognized their potential. So how are we doing that in our life? If we're being intentional, we're really easily going to recognize where people are failing. And we can recognize that in ourselves too. But we also have to realize Jesus has offered them salvation. And for that reason, they have potential, right? So how are we going? How are we doing? Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I love to listen to podcasts. And um, they, they were telling the story about a pastor who had gotten on a plane and uh, he was headed to a conference. And uh, the guy that he was sitting beside, uh, he, you could tell he was pre-gaming the, the flight. And um, whenever he got on the plane, the guy he was sitting beside was like, hey, man, you want a drink? And the pastor was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. And, you know, and he started having small talk. A little later in the flight, he broke out his Bible uh, and just started reading, going over what he was going to preach uh, at the conference. And the guy said, oh, oh, I bet you think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sinner and that I'm a drunk. And the pastor was like, actually, no, that, that's actually not what I thought. He was like, I actually thought you were generous to offer and kind. And so whenever I heard that, I was like, man, all too often, I have gone about sometimes and been like, nah, man, I, you know, that's not me. And by doing that, sometimes we condemn people. But guess what the Bible says? They're condemned already. We get to offer hope to them. We get to see their potential. Yes, he may not fully understand the way he was being generous, but he can use that generosity later in life for the, for the purpose of the gospel, right? Jesus can take our bad stuff and turn it good. He redeems things. That's just what Jesus does. He takes our deficiencies 
and turns them into potential, turns them into good things, right? So relationships recognize deficiencies, but they also recognize potential. So going back to point number two, how are we being intentional about that, right? Okay, the last point I want us to talk about today is to kind of wrap everything up. Relationships are about service. And I actually changed the words in my notes to keep it all even. I, I actually wrote relationships revolve around service. I just really wanted to make it super difficult for me to say from the, from the pulpit this morning. They all say relationships require, relationships recognize, and relationships revolve around. Relationships revolve around service. So I want to go back to our first question. Why did Jesus pick the disciples that he did? Why did he pick them? I think it's because he recognized their potential. But two, Jesus wanted to serve. He wanted to serve them. He knew what they were capable of. He knew what they were incapable of. And because of that, he wanted to serve them. So let's read Matthew chapter 10, uh, 20, sorry, 20, uh, verses 25 through 28. And I, oh, I forgot to put the dash 28, my bad. All right, it says, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. That among you is talking about us as Christians. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must first must become... Ugh, let me restart that. I'm sorry. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right there, Jesus is building that bridge. He's telling them, look, go out into the world. Serve. He said, because if, basically, if anybody had the right to brag about how well life was going and how great their relationship with God was, it was Jesus, partly because he is God and they have the tightest relationship imaginable. But he's saying, you should first and foremost serve. Serve. That's what relationships are about. Uh, and the reason he brought this up is because a little bit ahead, uh, <laughs> I forgot, uh, James and John's mom came to him and asked, Jesus, in your kingdom, I want my sons to sit on your right and left hand. I want them to be in the places of honor. Can you do that? And then Jesus said, I don't think that they're going to be able to take <laughs> what I'm about to go through. And then that's whenever they piped up and said, yeah, we are, man. We're, we're totally ready. We're psyched, actually. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus says, okay, you're actually going to share in some of the bad stuff. You're going to share in the life not being super easy. You're going to share in tough things coming up, in tough situations, in tough conversations. You're going to share in all that. 
And it's going to be bitter, is what verse 23 says. But then he says, I have no right to say who sits on my right and left. The Father prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Everybody else got upset about it. But that's whenever Jesus says what he just said in 25 through 28. The most important thing about where you go, who you talk with, and the way you live your life is to serve. Jesus knew who he was. He knew his identity. Jesus had great intentionality. He didn't do things willy-nilly. He just didn't. Whenever he built a relationship, he recognized their deficiencies, but he also recognized the potential that they had. He He knew their personalities, he understood it, and he put them to work for the kingdom. Just like, just like Scott was saying, he found that commonality with them. They were fishermen. Jesus was a fisher of man. He built that relationship to serve. So, the challenge in it is for each one of us today. Not tomorrow, or this week, or next week, because then we're just putting it off. Who is Jesus laying on your heart today to build a relationship with? Because I think you have more in common with people around you than you would expect. You do. If at the very least, it's just that the person beside you is a human being, you have that in common with them. Right? So who is God laying on your heart today that you need to go build a relationship with? How are you going to find something in common? And then wherever you do build that relationship, are you going to recognize their potential? Are you going to serve them? Because that's what Jesus wants us to do. That's what he did. So as we kind of wrap up the relationships thing, keep in mind what a relationship is, but also keep in mind that the purpose is to serve. So I'm going to pray. We're going to close it out this morning. God, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for being so, so good to us. God, we thank you that you, ex- you built that bridge. You extended a hand. God, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. God, you recognized every bit of weakness that we have. You knew it ahead of time. And yet still, you chose each and every one of us. Didn't leave us dead in our sins, but God, you liven us. You give us life, and life eternal with you. So God, I just pray that we can do likewise, God, that we can go out and share the good news, build relationships just like you did, be intentional about them, that we get to know who we are, that we are your children, and because we are your children, we get to go out and share the good news and serve the people around us and change the world around us. Because God, just like the disciples did, the same thing could be said about us, that we flipped the world around us on its head. So God, help us to go out and do that. Give us the courage to do so. 
God, we thank you for everything that you do and for being so, so good to us. God, help us to worship you this week. And God, help us to lift your name up right now as we just sing praise to you. It's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.